Hey, welcome back to Hope Restored Lessons from the Storm podcast. We appreciate your listening and subscribing on your favorite podcast platform and on YouTube. Um, this is only our third attempt at trying to get a, a video podcast going, so uh, please let us know what your thoughts are as we go forward, and we'll try to improve as we go. Uh, before we get started, I wanted to say thank you again so much for your prayers uh, and your prayer support while we were gone to uh, Monroe, Louisiana for the tornado response. Uh, the tornado hit on Easter Sunday. We were there for two weeks, and while we were gone, we failed to uh, have an opportunity to record or post any podcasts. Uh, we also spent quite a bit of time worrying about uh, tornado warnings and uh, not getting a lot of sleep uh, as, as uh, they were coming in in the evenings. So today's podcast is titled Best Day of the Year, and it's an interesting story for a best day. Hurricane Isaac blew through right uh, as we were finishing up with doing Waldo Canyon back in 2012. Uh, the Waldo Canyon fires here in Colorado Springs. And so we missed the initial response, but we made a late response to the uh, hurricane and ended up in La Plaza, Louisiana. La Plaza is a very poor community uh, down in Louisiana, and we went down and we did mud outs and we did roof tarping and uh, debris, moval, uh, move debris and that type of thing. A typical hurricane response. We started pretty exhausted. Uh, we'd already had a long season. Uh, we just finished doing six weeks of fire response in our hometown, running that response, and then off to La Plaza and working that. Third day we were out, we were tarping a roof with a team, and as we showed up, the grandson of the woman who owned the home showed up and pulled out his dog. He had a huge, I mean, giant uh, pit bull. And he pulled this giant pit bull out of his truck and tied it up on a 10-foot rope in the sun uh, next to a doghouse and then left. So we carefully inspected the rope and it was 10 feet and it was tied well and the dog seemed docile and wasn't moving. So we got up on the roof and started tarping and Susan stayed on the ground and we would yell down numbers and she would cut the tarp and throw the pieces up onto the roof for us. And we'd nail those down. And so we, we worked on the, that side of the house all day uh, up until about lunchtime. And then we went to the park and had sack lunch and came back. And we decided we'll move to the other side of the house. And as we did that, I went to pick up the tools where Susan had been working. And those tools were set about 10 feet from the dog, uh, from the end of the dog's leash, uh, which was 10 feet. So about 20 feet from the from where the dog was. So I picked up the tools, and as I stood up with the tools, the dog was about two foot from me, looking at me. Eyes bright, little stub up, ears fine. So I put the tools behind me so I wouldn't create a threat. I started to step back, and I got one or two steps back, and all of a sudden that dog's eyes went jet black, its ears went back, its stub dropped, and without making a sound, it hit me like a freight train, and it tore through my leg just above my kneecap, knocking me to the ground. The next thing I know, this dog is trying to bite higher on my leg, and I've got my thumbs in its ears, and I'm pushing on its head for all I'm worth, and I'm losing. And I'm 
thinking to myself, this is probably my last 30 seconds to a minute left on earth before I bleed out or die of shock when this dog finally gets his way. I regretted that Susan had to watch it. Um, figured out I wasn't really afraid to die, but the process of dying scares me uh, a good bit. And I'm struggling with this dog and I'm trying to get away and his, and his leash seemed to keep growing. This, this rope that had him tied up seemed to keep growing as I, as I kept trying to back away and back away and hold him off my leg. And uh, everything I had, uh, I was losing the fight. And all of a sudden, Susan yelled out, get off him. And I've never seen a dog drop so fast or so hard in my entire life. That dog hit the ground absolutely terrified. There's something you need to know about these dogs. These dogs down there are trained for two purposes. One of the purposes is to fight. They train them for, for pit fights, and they, they put these dogs together, and they just tear each other up. This dog was pretty scarred up and was absolutely filthy. The other reason that they raise these dogs is to protect dealers. And the, either way, the dogs only respond to one voice, Kind of the way we should be as, as Christians. We should respond to one voice, not the distractions of the world, not the news screaming and hollering at us, not the temptations that the enemy throws in front of us, but one voice, the voice of God. We need to be prayed up all the time uh, that, that God would fill us with his Holy Spirit so we can hear his voice. But that's a side note. The dog, the dog responds to one voice, and, and his owner was a big man. Well, when Susan yelled, get off him, the dog should not have had any response whatsoever. But the dog responded with resounding fear. I've never seen an animal so scared in my whole life. It hit the ground and I scurried back more afraid than the dog um, and got clear of it. Clark, uh, one of our volunteers for many years, told us later when we, we, when we told him this story, he said, you know, that dog did not hear Susan's voice. He heard the angel standing behind Susan and saw that angel and backed off. But either way you look at it, there's a couple things that are absolutely true in this whole story. The first thing that's true is, is this. God permitted the attack. Don't miss that. God permitted the attack. Everything in my life runs through God's fingers because I am a child of God. I'm a child of God. I've accepted Jesus as my personal Savior, and so everything runs through God's fingers. He permits things in my life. He causes things in my life. He protects me from things. He invites me to join him. And that's what we were doing. So... We looked back at this and we realized God permitted the attack. God rescued me from the attack. God permitted the damage to my leg. But let's look at the let's look at what really happened. God glorified himself in the middle of this tragedy. We're so far away from home. This is this is not something you want to happen hundreds and hundreds of miles from your house. Uh, it's just not something you want to happen at all. <laughs> but God glorified himself. Let's look at the miracles. First of all, Susan worked within feet of that dog all morning. 
If that dog had attacked her, we could not have got off the roof fast enough to save her, and she would have died. But God protected her, and he kept that dog docile. That dog laid and never moved the whole time we worked in the morning. That's a miracle. The next miracle, God uh, protected me during the attack. That dog could have, could have bit me anywhere, bit me in the leg bit me just above my knee and if you if you feel around the top of your knee and up into your thigh you'll realize there's a lot of muscle and 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 tendons and things that go through that area and that dog he bit through an area that was probably two inches two and a half inches long all the way down I could see inside my leg to the bone not a tendon ligament or muscle was touched God permitted the attack but he controlled how much would happen. One of the best miracles that happened um, is one that we don't normally think of. The first thought that went through my head as that dog attacked me was, I hope this doesn't ruin our witness in this community. And I will tell you what, that is not what normally runs through my head when I'm attacked. Normally, thoughts of violence and, and, and retribution and all of that run through my head. The, 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 the pride runs through my head. How can I get back at this thing that has, that has accosted me? You know, what would make it think it could accost me? But instead, the first thing that went through my mind was, I hope this doesn't affect our witness in this area. Well, it reminds me of what has become a favorite scripture, Philippians 1, 6, and him who he has started a good work, he will be just and faithful to complete it. I got to tell you what, in that moment, I got a glimpse of God working in my life. Instead of me responding with anger and pride, I responded with, with a God response, a spirit-filled response. And I have to tell you, like a three-year-old, I get excited thinking about it. Like a three-year-old with a great big old piece of cake or candy. I get so excited because, because God is moving in my life. He's changing me. And there was a great example of it. And God just brought that to my mind and showed me that. And I was so excited because there it shows me the assurance of my salvation. In that simple little statement, in him who he starts a good work... God had started a good work in me through the, through the, through the blood of Jesus Christ, through, through the calling of the Holy Spirit and, and the ability that the Holy Spirit gave me to understand and to respond and to turn my life over to Jesus. He started the good work. He will be faithful to complete it. As we live our lives, being, becoming a Christian is, is not the end of the game. We become a Christian and then we struggle the rest of our life to become mature. In church language, we call it sanctification. All that means is becoming, becoming, becoming more like Christ, becoming more of what God wants us to be. And here was a great moment of what God had done in my life. Well, the dog tore through my leg. I ended up in the hospital. They cleaned it up. They stitched it, and they stitched it really loose because they told me dog bites always get infected. And that's going to ooze and be really nasty and icky and all that kind of stuff. And when it gets super red and super tight and super oozy, 
you come back to the hospital and we'll open it up and we'll clean it all back out. And I'm thinking, I don't want anything to do with this. Hmm. So I got home that night with all that information. We had dinner and got my shower and went to bed. Got up the next morning. My leg was a little red, a little warm, a little tight. Um, and we got up on roofs and tarped roofs all day. And I got home and got my shower and my leg was as red as a fire truck and it was hot enough I think you could have lit a match off it um, skin stretched just as tight as it could be and I was thinking I'm gonna have to go back and have this thing torn open and cleaned out again and I said something to Susan and one of the chaplain ladies overheard and she asked Lori asked would it be okay with you if we laid hands on you and prayed and I thought I believe in that I believe in that holy the Bible very clearly teaches that but I'm really uncomfortable with it if I'm honest and so I told her I said I'm really uncomfortable with that I, I I don't have a lot of experience with that and I don't really know how to respond to it but yes yes please lay hands on on my leg and and pray for healing so the chaplain and Susan chaplain Lori and Susan prayed over my leg and I made a commitment that in the morning if it was still bad I'd go to a hospital and have it checked well, I got up in the morning, it was pink, and it was cool. And I never had another problem with my leg. All these miracles, all these miracles that God has done. He glorified himself in it. My injury could have been crippling, but it wasn't. My response could have been vulgar and, and prideful and angry, but it wasn't. <laughs> my leg could have got infected, and it started to, but it was prayed over. And God healed it. God glorifies himself. I would like to challenge us today with this thought. That, that God permitted it. Every aspect of it was permitted and controlled by God. What the enemy has meant for evil, God has meant for good. For his good. And then I'd like to just kind of finish up with, with this a little bit and ask you a couple questions today. What crisis are, have you experienced or are you experiencing right now in which you've been able to see God's glory? What crisis? How did you let or will you let that experience grow your personal relationship with God? Mine was so exciting when I realized God's working in my life. He calls us by name and he works in us personally. It's so neat. How will you deliberately think and intentionally act to daily take up your cross and follow after Jesus? Because if we don't deliberately think and intentionally act in that way, we'll never see God's glory. We won't see it because we're not looking for him. Well, that's all I have for today. Uh, again, thank you for praying for us while we were in Nashville. And we'd like to say thank you for subscribing and for listening to us on whatever your favorite podcast platform is and, uh, and on iTunes. Please send us your questions and comments, anything that you're thinking about. Uh, feel free to send that to podcasts, P-O-D-C-A-S-T, at hoperestored.org. And thanks, and until next time, here, there, or in the air, blessings.